Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, 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 welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have the beautiful Jean Olmler, and I hope I said that correctly. I did, yes. Um, um, not far off, Jeanne. What is it? Jeanne Olmler. Jeanne. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank okay. you. So, well, welcome to our special guest, Jen Omlor. She is a business strategist and online business coach coming with us today to share her personal money story, the roller coaster ride we take, all the management, mindset, and strategies that we use both in our personal life and our business life. So, thank you so much for being here. It's so awesome to have you. I know we connected a few years back, and here we are again. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, you know, as I, as we talked about a minute ago, uh, what attracted me to the show was that you talk about money. <laughs> I love talking about money. Yeah. Money, money and I are tight. We're, we're partners. We're best friends. When I was a little girl, money, you know, we all have an imaginary friend money was my imaginary friend. And I used <laughs> to find money on the ground all the time and be like, woohoo. Yeah. What can I do with this money? So what do you love about money? I just love the, Obviously I just love the freedom about it. Hmm. Not about the actual money. It's about just the freedom that represents as energy and also what money represents as as us earning it and and you know the work we did or the investment. So it really is that uh, product of our energy and work. I love that. And because so many people think, oh, you can't love money, like that's wrong. And you know, I, I told my clients, like money is your purpose and you should have seen their faces. Like we were on a group call and they just all were shocked. And like, why do you do what you do to mm. get money? And what do you do with that money? You support yourself, your family, your kids get to go to camp. You get to travel. <laughs> you know, if you really think about our words and the thought process with money, we need money, right? Money is a universal language. Mm. The relationship with money is a very specific language. It's your own love language with money and what you're going to do with it. And money in the hands of good people does great things. So mm -hmm. when you were a little girl, what, what was your experience with money? Like when you very, the very first time you met money, you know, honestly, I didn't think about money much at all. It was just not a concern for me. It was not uh, like, Oh, I love money or I don't love money. I wasn't attached really. I was very creative and it was just like, Oh Yeah. You know, we get paid for stuff, but it wasn't like, oh my goodness, I have money. I never had that experience. So 
And maybe that's why I, you know, didn't attract a lot of money for a long time because I didn't care about it. And if you don't care about something, you're not going to attract it. But I, I'm kind of okay with that, actually, because that that's me. And I developed other things before I realized, you know what, I really am interested in making this thing called money because I guess I wasn't putting together for a long time the freedom that money buys. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was just in denial about that. I or just oblivious or I, I just placed my focus on other things. And I remember thinking, gee, these people are really like obsessed with making money. What's the point? If it's just money. I still believe that now. Mm-hmm. What is the point if it's just for the money? Right. Right. But what you said was so true. It's like resenting food. We need mm-hmm. to eat. Why would we resent food? If we need to eat. Why would we resent money when we need money for buying food, for paying for clothes, rent, board, entertainment, vacations, <laughs> education, health, you name it, right? Pleasure. Yeah. How could you resent something that we need for every single part of our lives? It's kind of ironic when you said that. I thought, that's right. Something yeah. a little messed up there, right? It is. And our thought process around money, you know, comes from childhood. We're not taught finances. We're we catch them, right? We What we're supposed to do, we observe our parents mostly doing mm-hmm. it. And then we kind of adapt it for our own. And, you know, we grow up with money idioms. Do you remember the money idioms you grew up with? Um, Money doesn't grow on trees. You mean that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. The, probably the most popular one. Yes. And- money doesn't grow on trees. My parents were not money obsessed. That's why they mm-hmm. were very spiritual people that that other things obviously they needed money because there were 10 children in the home but it wasn't their main focus or even something they spoke about a lot unless it was a problem you know so so with other things they were talking about philosophy and the world you know the world situation and religion and stuff like that that's what we heard most of it wasn't like gee we need to it was just we need to make the money but it wasn't a focus unless my dad lost all his money like almost overnight in wool futures, then they were talking about it. Yeah. So, so that was it. It's like, oh, now we're talking about it because of the problem, you know, or they weren't talking about it because it was a problem, but it was just stress. So you're, you're right. But I did, I didn't grow up in a family where we talked about finances. None of that. We knew nothing. We were not taught to do any of that. Yeah. And it amazes me because I'm like, I was taught how to manage money, how to work with money. Since I was a little girl, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and they were always big on like, you know, save 10%, give away 10%. And then the 80%, you can decide what you want to do, you know, as a kid, what do you need to do with 80% of your money? And I oh, just always, <laughs> and it like when my mom, like, you know, as she was an entrepreneur, like it was always feast and famine and mm-hmm. she didn't pay attention to money to the point where she felt like she always had enough. Mm-hmm. So there's always a scarcity mindset. And, you know, she was a single mom with, with, with she was a divorced mom with four kids mm. and three of you know I have three older brothers so you know how boys are they just eat you out of house and home yeah and so there was always this oh you know it's costing so much money to raise you kids and this and that and it's just like well why isn't there enough money like you work you know and the opportunity to be able to work is so much better and when you look at people who can't work they have a limited income mm. they have benefits that they get because of their limited income and they can do a lot of things that somebody who is working might not be able to do because they don't have enough to cover everything. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is a guilt thing for kids when you say, "Oh, you're," because the child is hearing, and your mom wasn't aware, and she sh- certainly probably didn't mean it this way. 
but the kid is hearing, oh, your very existence of feeding you is a real burden on me, right? It's kind of what you're saying is like, darn it, I have to feed you too, you know? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I I knew about all this money stuff when I became a coach and I thought, oh, because I, I was a newly uh, solo mom of two kids when I first started to become a coach about over 12 years ago. I thought, oh my goodness, I, I got to do this thing. And I thought, you know what? I don't want my kids to feel lack. I'm never going to say we can't afford that. I'm never going to say we can't do that. So, so, but you know how, when you don't have money for a long time, you do the mathematics in your brain. Like, so I would be able to go to a restaurant, look at the menu and work out mathematically. Okay. They're not going to order that, but I never said, no, you can't have that. Hey mom, let's have this. You know what? I think this would be better. You think so? Yeah. I think it's cheaper, you know, cause I learned <laughs> that's going to be this, this, this and tip and oh, okay. No. So I figured out, you know, and it took me a long while to get out of that habit. Even when I was already a millionaire, it's mm-hmm. funny. I'd still go to restaurants and start, I thought, oh, stop, because, you know, old habits die hard. So right. when I was at the point where I could just go to a restaurant and like the restaurants that have no prices, and I'm okay with that. I just want to have a good meal. That was when I knew I had arrived. When it was like, I'm just going to go and I'm not going to be, uh, you know, adding it up. So my daughter's like, oh, can we do this? And I'd say, I wouldn't say, can we, I never, ever said we can't afford that. Never. I was not going to do that to them. So I said, and also I could, because it's credit, <laughs> you know, but I, I'd say, you know what? Let's not do that now. Let's do that another time. Oh, okay, mom. Or I would say, cause I wanted to hear the word budget. So, you know what? That's not in our budget this week, but let's talk about that later. So it's not, we can't afford it. Right. It's, now we're talking about a, a box that has a budget in it. It's not about lack. It's about a budget. So I want him to hear the word budget, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's not a bad thing to have a, a, some sort of box, right? right. So I thought, I say budget, it's not lack. It's not, it's that's now where I'm teaching them. We're planning our money now. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? That's not really in the budget this week. Let's talk about next week. So it's not like in a year that we're poor. It's like this week, but next, okay, mom. And when, when you frame it that way, they're like, oh, okay. Now when my eldest daughter figured out, cause I was getting into such deep debt. We moved to another city. I was in deep, deep debt. Cause it was a city that the people there don't really invest in themselves like they did in New York. So I wasn't getting of the, any of the offline coaching It's when I got online that I became a millionaire. Okay. <laughs> I should have been on a long, a long time ago. But anyway, So I thought, you know, I'm just going to sustain this. Also, we, they were going through stuff. So I was really wanting to support my children and me and just new place. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to keep networking as I am, but I wasn't getting a lot of clients. I thought, oh my gosh, so I was just going deeper and deeper into that. And I thought, you know, it's okay. I'm paying the divorce lawyer, you know, New York divorce lawyer, year and a half. That's a lot. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to stress because this is what it is. And there's a reason for this. I'm not somebody that ever was in debt, but there's a reason for this is not from irresponsibility at all. Mm-hmm. Something happened. And I'm like, you know what? I have no shame in this because I didn't just spend money on needless. I was very good at budgeting. So I thought, you know what? This happened though. So I'm not going to blame myself. I'm just going to, you know, get it all on 0% credit cards. That's the first thing, right? That was the first thing. I'm very good at that. And I thought, because I'm never, ever going to pay interest ever mm-hmm. shifted around. I was really good at that. When I was an actress, I used to teach other actors that, what are you paying interest? Why? Well, I just put in two different, zero percent. I can do that. Yeah. People don't think about these things, right. but anyway, we were in a nice place. I bet by the best food organic, they were in every single lesson, you know, like piano, choir, basketball, other stuff. I always always just went all in on education for my kids. So I thought that's one thing I'm never going to skip. I don't care how poor I am. I'm just going to put it on credit. So I really prioritized that. And when my daughter, I said, you know, cause I was in deep debt then this is like about a year ago after I've already you know, been a 
several multi multi seven figures by then. And she goes, what? I said, yeah, because I was in really deep debt when we were in Cincinnati. And she goes, what? I didn't know that. And she started to cry. Uh-huh. She started to cry because she felt like it was like she was so grateful I, that I didn't burden them with that. And I knew that. And I said, oh, I was never going to burden you. I said, uh, we were fine. And, and you know, yes, deep debt. She goes, I never knew that. She goes, I thought we were rich. Or, you know, she goes, not multimillionaire. She goes, but we never had anything when you didn't buy gifts or anything. I said, I didn't want you to feel it. And she she was so grateful. She started crying and came, gave me a hug. Because, you know, they were going through so much already. Right. And I was going to also, we're so in lack too. And I thought, uh, they're just never going to know until later. And she said, what? I never knew that. Because she was 15 when I told her. I can certainly share that with her now. Right. It was it's a good you know, age. She, yeah. Yeah. She was tw- 12 when it was happening. So, um, so there is a way of sheltering people from that and, you know, not having that scar them that, oh, we're, we're so poor, you know, so I, I spared them that. That's beautiful. And it's nice that you were able to provide for them and still protect your own way of, you know, securing your future, your financial future and money. And even like, you know, a lot of people think that having debt is bad and it has nothing to do with not knowing how to crunch the numbers. It has to do with that, that emotional feeling that you, you, there's something that you want to do. I always say debt is borrowing money from your future self. Mm -hmm. And what about your present self can't wait that you need to borrow from your future self. Mm. if it's all for good things. And I know I carried a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. And when I pulled it out and looked at what I bought, it was all great things, education, vehicles, mm. vacations, mm. remodels on the home. Mm. Not like I blew the money, but it was that, that void, there was something inside of me that a need that I needed to have filled. Mm. And that's why I created this debt. And, you know, in my crush on debt monthly membership, we talk about this, like we're doing a debt freeze challenge. It's a 30 day challenge you know, that every single day you take a simple action step to mm-hmm. help you to think about mm. the debt. Like what's the purpose of your purchase? Why do you feel the need and everything we exchange money for is an investment. And so mm. many people think I'm losing my money. I'm buying this thing. I'm not going to have any more money. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you have the exchange of whatever you switched your money out for, you know, mm. and that's, that's, that concept of that, like I'm changing my paper dollar bills or the money on my credit card Mm -hmm. balance for a coaching program an educational, you know, college or what have you. And you had mentioned what's that? That's different from people that are buying designer shoes. Yes. As soon as you put those in your closet, they've devalued and and you don't wear them. So I never did that. But Mm -hmm. for me, of course, you're right. I wasn't like, oh my, I was like, you know, I need to go in debt to pay our rent to pay for these courses and for my kids. And, and I mean, I hardly bought myself clothes ever. Like, so my daughter's like, you never buy yourself anything. I, I didn't care. I was just like um, getting them what they needed, eating well, cause I'm gonna eat well. I thought mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna skimp on that, get healthcare. Um, but actually when I, when, the funny thing is when I became a million dollar coach, I was still on Medicare. Medicaid, mm-hmm. Medicare? Medicaid, Medicaid, yeah. Medicaid. That Medicare is the older person one, right? Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we were eligible for that. And then when I, then we were still on it because you wait till it ends. And I, and I you know, I had to right. wait till the end of it to then pay. And they said, that's fine because, you know, you got to wait. And I said, but now I'm making money. They said, no, but you got to wait till that to get into another one. It was quite ironic that I was a millionaire and I was on still, because that's how quick it happened. Right. Right. Isn't that funny? And I found that quite funny that yeah. I'm good. 
But the thing about my debt is I knew I would be able to, I paid that off in huge chunks. When I got online and I started working, I just paid off huge chunks and got free. And my brother said, how did you do that? I said, I'm doing really well online. He said, that's insane that you, and I just paid off as much as I could each mm-hmm. month. And it paid off in a few months, like deep debt. So I was proud of that. And it felt so freeing. But on the other hand, I just was accepting it, that it wasn't like an irresponsible thing. It just had to happen. And and I knew that I would get, I would take care of it. And it wasn't, I was not irresponsible. I wasn't like over extending. I was paying what I needed. So I felt very okay about that, to be honest. I had no guilt about it. It was like, well, at some point I've got to pay that off, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's good. It's, you know, paying off your debt and having that freedom of, wow, I did this. I, I paid it back and your future self thanks you, right? And mm. knowing that you did good things with it. And I, I like that you went from Medicaid to millionaire. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Straight to <laughs> and you're right. Medicaid to millionaire. <laughs> that will be the title of the show. <laughs> well, I love that because as an independent insurance broker, my clients will call me and say, hey, Lisa, you know, update my record because I'm making, you know, X amount of dollars now and they don't qualify. But there's this program that allows you to qualify for it because of their their timing, especially during COVID, it was crazy. And, mm. but it's so helpful to be able to have that and to have the the right insurances in place so that you have your security blanket. So mm. when you transitioned from a lot of times people will say when they transition from this poor mindset, like you were literally on Medicaid, you were, you went through a divorce, you had all these changes. You mm. grew up in this family of 10 where they, your parents didn't really care about money. And they now you have a million dollars as far as what, you know, they needed it for. Right. But they right. weren't, they were not materialistic people. No, they were. Yeah. 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 So not caring about like what, what they use, what they received, they use, they were very comfortable. They mm. didn't have that drive, but now here you are coming in and you have this drive. I mean, you became mm-hmm. a millionaire. A lot of times people will say you don't, that people who become millionaires can't hold on to the frequency of their millionaire status because their minds are still back in the days. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting because I worked so hard on my mindset while I was building it because I know that. And actually, I was just telling you, I've created this program called Money Power Transformation because it is a frequency and you got to keep going and normalizing it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, well, I wasn't really worried about that because I was ready. And, and in the back of my mind, when I got online four years ago and I was in deep, deep debt, single mom, full of anxiety and thought I'm 54. This is not working. At some point, my daughters are going to see that I'm failing, right? When they're, well, mom's failing and she didn't really, you know, cause they're going to find out she's just been in deep debt this whole time. But okay, I've got to do this for everybody now, not just for the money, but for as a modeling power. And that, you know, even though I am a solo parent, a woman, and most women never ever recover from a divorce financially in America, you know, those, those deets, right? Right. I'm not one of those people. And I remember I was thinking, people would think me crazy if they heard my thought right now, but I know I'm meant to be a millionaire coach online. That was the kernel of belief. Even though I had no confidence, I was really been through a long, hard time and full of anxiety. I thought there's somewhere in me that knows I am just better than this, you know, mm-hmm. and things have happened, but I'm going to resurrect and I'm going to reinvent myself yet again. Now, something about me and my friends that have known me a long time, they said, we have never met anyone that has reinvented themselves so many times in the time since we met you in college. Mm-hmm. Okay? I was like, well, you know, there was life in me. I still do it. And I've gone online and 
plunk down more 10, 10 more K on three different credit cards for some program that was okay. And I thought, I'll just get what I can out of this. And I figured out, you know, organic marketing and I got to a million dollars in 17 months, but I was working a lot and I was working on my mindset and I was not, not like, you know, squandering it all. And, you know, sure. I made some maybe not smart investments with service providers, but don't we all, because right. they say, to do that, you know, that's just a, a the general problem is hiring, you know, and how are you supposed to know? Definitely kiss my frogs in that, you know, that part, but you have to test. So I kind of don't regret it because it's an investment testing. It didn't work well, but now I know that's not going to work, right? Like mm-hmm. ads, things like that. But that was it. it, was the kernel of belief. And it's about growing that kernel of belief somewhere in your back of your mind and the semi subconscious thoughts that you are made for more. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can do this and you do have to take risk. Risk is irrelevant to me because there is risk in everything that you do. So people go, it's so risky. That's irrelevant because there is risk in every single thing that you do. Having a baby is risky. Not having a baby is risky. Buying a house is risky. Getting married is risky. Getting divorced is risky. Going to a certain, everything's risky. Right. Eating anybody's Absolutely. risky. Right. So, so when they say, oh, it's risky. When you start thinking about risk being irrelevant, your life changes because what it's about is what do you want and what are you going to do to get it? And then what risk is going to be involved? Cause there has to be risk to get what you want in your life. There is, you can't, when you get married, that's huge risk. People mm-hmm. do all the time. They don't go, Oh my goodness, I'm not going to get married. It's so risky. We just do it. Don't we yes. you, know, you want to try to, you know, be careful, but 50% of us, fail at that the first time and 75% the second time. So, you know, but, but that, that was kind of what got me there. And then, then the more I got, the more I, I, the more your mindset does go up and the more you start thinking, okay, I've got to now take care of this. I've got to get experts in there. And I did that, get people that know more than I do get that, you know, all sorts of insurances for my daughter and me. We're so insured that I don't, I didn't, my biggest worry was that I will pass away and my kids will will not be taken care of. That's my only Mm -hmm. fear. But once I got that taken care of, then no matter what happens, if I pass away, my kids are going to be millionaires. I'm good. Yeah. Because I have really, really good life insurance. So that was the main worry. What if something happens and I have two daughters and there's no one? So that's good now. So then you get to the next level of less anxiety because that's taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's just your inner anxiety of like wanting to do better, right? And, you know, the, the thing that we all do of like, well, they're doing better and it's natural. But, but then keeping up that frequency of you know, being happy no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're good now. I, I'm not, there's no worries. But however, I'm still driven because I do want to make more money because then I can give more away. I can be more free. I can have projects or, you know, help people more. So mm-hmm. for me to really help in the scale that I'd love to, I really need to make a lot of money now. Like a lot, yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't well, need I love a, it. You know, yeah. I don't need a million dollars for myself. I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually pretty down to earth. I do like traveling, but you know, I'm not going to spend hundreds of millions. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not also not materialistic for the sake of it either, actually. Right. I don't need a lot of clothes. I don't like a lot of clothes. Actually. I'm thinking of renting clothes for shoots. So I don't have to actually have the objects. I like, I like few, I'm a minimalist actually. Yeah. I like few objects. And I thought, gee, I need more. I said to my team, I think I'm going to rent the clothes because then I don't have to have them. They said, that's going to be expensive. I said, yeah, I won't have them. So they're not, you know, cluttering up my closet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not to make more is not better. Decluttering is being a minimalist with money is so important because so many people buy things with their money that they don't use. And it, the clutter, like when you walk into a room, if there's clutter, you just Mm -hmm. shut down. 
and mm-hmm. manifest you in your business, in your personal life. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, that's a lot of work that I do with my clients is, okay, let's do this minimalist challenge mm. and think about what you can declutter and why do you have something and let's, let's get rid of it. Let's, let's give it to somebody that can use it. And so I love that. I love, we have a very similar um, yeah, point on that because I have very little clothes. I have yes. this huge walk-in closet with very little clothes and same I just with, don't with care me. about clothes. I used to be a fashion designer. So, uh, you know, for me to have fashion designer clothes, I, I did that. You know, I was a designer. Yeah. I could make haute couture. So it's not like, oh my gosh, designer clothes. You know, every now and then I want to buy something good, but I already know when you buy something, you wear it a couple of times and you're bored with it. So right. that's just human nature. Right. So I do like shoes, but I don't have that. I, I I throw stuff out all the time and I give stuff away, but it's the Marie Kondo thing. If it's not giving you joy, you know why, but you're right about clutter. I, I have a brain. If there's a lot of furniture, I'm just like, no, I just, I'm, I like those, you know, empty places, <laughs> you know, yeah. I had, until I had kids, you know, you can be emptier with the kids. You need more paraphernalia. Right. But right, right. even so, you know, people came into my place when I was in Cincinnati and they go, Oh, so where's your furniture? And I'm like, no, that's it. <laughs> This is it. I don't know that. In fact, I bought some more. This is it. <laughs> we like space because my daughters like do movement and, you know, we actually prefer space, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the whole, um, the whole thing about buying stuff. That's what I said. There was a person that was on a call with me once who was going to just about to pay. She really wanted to, you know, get her coaching on board. And she, she was a single mom. She, she, she wanted to get her kid to college. She'd been to college. She was like, a, and yeah, she had a professional job, you know, Mm-hmm. And she's just about to pay. And she goes, oh, I can't do this. And I said, okay, well, tell me about that. She goes, well, I just can't part with it. And then she says to herself, ironically, she goes, yet I just paid four and a half thousand dollars for a Louis Vuitton handbag. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she said, I, she goes, I realize how messed up that is. And I said, okay, what are you going to do with the handbag? She goes, I worn it twice and it's sitting in my closet and I'm maybe going to wear it one more. I said, do you regret buying it? She goes, nope, don't regret buying it at all. She goes, now I have it. And I thought, wow, that's big money story, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, if she were to sell that, she'd get a quarter of the price. Oh, right. As soon as you walk a, a designer bag out of the showroom, it's, you know, and, and I said, so are you, she goes, yeah. I said, so you would rather buy an object that has devalued and you're probably never going to, she goes, I might wear it one more time. I said, rather than invest in yourself, she said, yes. And she goes, and I know how messed up that is. So there's something, I'm not judging her, but she was just to me being very honest. Mm-hmm. People are not normally, and no judgment. She was being very honest about how a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having something. And I think that comes from within a lack from within of hoarding stuff. Mm-hmm. The hoarding thing, that's huge. Now they're realizing a lot of people are hoarders. It's that whole thing. I have to have stuff. You know, because then then I feel that I'm surrounded and I think it's a fear of loneliness and death. Actually, that's my mm-hmm. that's my analysis. I went. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> it's a great viewpoint. That's for sure. I know a lot of times we do buy things because we're trying to fill that lack inside of us. We're looking for something and we use money to do that. We use credit to do that. And it creates this cycle. You know, and we're constantly in debt towards something. I mean, even mm-hmm. business owners we have debt, we have our, you know, our team and our, the operating expenses is Mm -hmm. our debt. And so really, you know, having a different viewpoint and having a relationship with your money, creating a wealth activation roadmap so that you can navigate through it and create those investments and make those 
decisions so that you can take a profit and mm. be able to build to, to multimillionaire status mm. and the ripple effect that you create. That's so beautiful. You've interweaved beautifully what you do for a living, but just give us your elevator pitch. Sure. Well, actually, I don't call it an elevator pitch. I call it okay. my, my intro, introduction to Jeanne. So, so I work with coaches and consultants and certain service providers online. And what we do is we help uh, these people, and we've helped 380 individuals to um, maximize their sale of their high ticket program or offer online while they are helping other people. So we're big on helping people who help people. It's big for us, one of our missions. So it's not just about the money, actually. It's, I will qualify them. I do my all my sales calls at the moment still. And I just want to know, is this person really want to help somebody with this offer? If they don't, I'll sort of kind of, you know, not sell them. You know? <laughs> and to me, if I'm going to help somebody, I want to know that I'm getting compounded interest in my energy. So I want to know that they're out there helping people. And when those people pay them, then there's this mushrooming of good. So, so that's what we do. And we are experts at it. We've helped, we've, we brought in millions of dollars collectively for people. Um, a lot of these people have never coached before and they're, they're thrilled. So it's really about, and no ads. So it's really online, no drama, quick, no ads, no tech positioning and selling high ticket coaching offer. Beautiful. What tip would you give to an entrepreneur who's wanting the desire to hit multi six figures? The tip is, first of all, live in the moment and don't let the stress and anxiety ruin your days, minutes, hours, life. Always be in the moment because no matter what you're going through will pass at some point. And I know I, I wrote off years of just worry. And I thought, gee, if I'd known that trick, then I would just be like, okay, I'm in the moment. So be in the moment and find happiness no matter what. First thing. Second of all, you must invest and you must take risks. There is no way around it. There is no way around getting what we want with, with hoping we're going to be the one that doesn't invest and doesn't take risks. As none of us who are multimillionaires got here without a kissing a lot of frogs, making some investments are good, some are bad, coaches, mentors, you name it, experts. That's not how we got here, especially pretty quickly because I got 17 you know, a million and 17 months of hitting online. I'm about three now. And of course I have more of a team and I'm investing more and more. So the tip is to find happiness in the moment, no matter what, because that's your life. That's just a life tip. Number two, you must risk and you must invest. You must risk. And I can't say that on a sales call, but I can say it to the world. You must risk. <laughs> I love that. And what words of wisdom would you like to share? Well, those were the words of wisdom. Don't, don't let your life get you down that you're missing the moment and not not practicing. This is one of my mottos. Happy no matter what. It's right here on my desk in case I forget. And <laughs> I have another one. I don't do anxiety. So I have these little notes to remind me. So so really that's the core that you find happiness no matter what in the moment and really try no matter what's happening around you. And that is when you start to really grow and you neutralize your emotions. And that has a lot to do with money power as well, by the way. But so happy no matter what is my wisdom. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your energy and your time with us. And for those of you listening, be sure to connect with Jen in the show notes. You'll find links in which you can see if it's a good fit for you. Follow her um, and see what she's doing, what she's offering. She helps coaches, service providers get high ticket clients. And I know she's really big on LinkedIn. So if you're over on LinkedIn, uh, go share and connect with her, send her a friend request. 
And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.